0: today's
1: callahan show is sponsored by podcorn podcorn is a marketplace that connects brands looking to advertise with podcasts who want to monetize by promoting products and services they authentically support for podcasters like us we use podcorn to find sponsors for the show we're always looking on podcorn for great companies who understand how valuable it is to get in front of rabid fans like our audience and that's what podcorn gives us we've used podcorn for almost two years now, and I can tell you some of our favorite brands have been connected with us through Podcorn. It's easy to use. And if you're a podcast host, go to podcorn.com/slash podcasters and sign up. Only takes a few minutes. And don't think you have to be a giant podcast to get ads through Podcorn either. They're all different sizes of brands on Podcorn looking to advertise. So even if you're just starting out, it's worth signing up. You'll be able to find the right fit, the right company looking to advertise on your show we have and that's why we use podcorn plus there are a number of different option options advertisers are asking on podcorn there are ad reads interviews topical discussions and more you get to choose what you're most comfortable doing podcorn is free to sign up and there's no contract so you don't have to worry about getting locked in to anything you keep the rights to your show you only pay 10 percent of your ad revenue it's hands down the best Pricing in the industry. So go to podcorn.com slash podcasters and sign up today. Are you looking to connect with great brands looking to advertise on your show? Podcorn.com slash podcasters sign up today. This is the Jerry Callahan Show. Who said there was nothing interesting on uh, CNN? Who said there was nothing entertaining on CNN? Well, finally, uh, I, I, I spent uh, about 20 minutes this morning watching CNN because uh, I don't know why. I didn't. I didn't think they really covered the Cuomo thing, but I just want to feel the tension. You know, there's tension in the air there. I've been there. I know what that's like. And uh, and I, then I just watched Brian Stuttler, the human potato, made his uh, did his report on Cuomo on. Sunday, after Friday, reporting that Cuomo would be back after the holidays because uh, he was on indefinite suspension. Here's the amazing thing, Corano. if you're following uh, the Cuomo brothers, the downfall of the Cuomo, Cuomo brothers' uh, family, this, this corrupt crime family, by the way, the latest in, uh, from Janice Dean and, and the good guys in the story is to change the, take the name of Cuomo off the Tappan Zee Bridge. Here you go. Because they named it after, you know, Mario, the Don of the Cuomo crime family. But he's gone, and the two of them are still around. The two of them are unemployed, and uh, uh, it, it was nice to see. But here's here's the amazing thing that they want you to know at CNN that there was sexual harassment. There's this new revelation that Chris Cuomo had sexually harassed an underling while at ABC years ago. I think he left ABC for CNN in uh, like 2013. So this is an old accusation. We know he also, he's been accused, I think he admitted, grabbing the ass of his executive producer there, but this is a new accusation, and that was the final straw. That's why they had to fire him, no longer suspend him, fire him. So, so he, <laughs> But both of them, Andrew Cuomo, and Chris Cuomo both got fired because of sexual harassment charges, right? Yeah. And they both survived much worse, uh, accusations. Obviously, uh, Andrews were much, much worse. He killed 15, at least 15,000 senior citizens when he put coronavirus positive patients in nursing homes. And then he lied about it and covered it up. He survived that. But then he tried to slip the tongue into some underling oh. at a, at a, at a Christmas party or something. I mean, he's just a total creep. That brought him down. That was, you know, Al Capone going away for a tax evasion. That's what that was. Same thing here. Chris Cuomo didn't kill senior citizens, but he helped cover it up. He helped with the PR campaign, and he uh, used his position at CNN to go after the women who were accusing his brother. So that was not fireable. A journalist, a prominent host, using his position, get get caught red-handed, using his position to smear the women, the young women, the innocent women who were accusing his brother. That didn't bring him down. What brought him down, allegedly, was another charge for sexual harassment, which that's fine with me. I'm not going to nitpick. Whatever brings down creeps like this is okay. But I don't know if you'd call it irony or just consistency. (laughs) These, These two creeps, are now unemployed because they couldn't keep their hands their hands off the help.
0: I think that's okay <laughs> with uh, I think that's okay with Chris, but not okay with Andrew. Like I'm not okay with Andrew not having his cup up come up comeuppance um with the elderly death thing through COVID. May, like, that's, you know, like,
1: I mean, I assume. Well, I know Janice Dean's not through with it, and I'm sure there are plenty of families who are not through with it that don't want them to drop this and and continue to investigate and even charge him criminally. Ultimately, yeah, uh, I I think. That probably won't happen. But then again, I never thought they'd bring him down. Anyway, he was so powerful; he had so many powerful friends. He was so corrupt. He was—he was like a mob boss. You know, you cross him, he'll destroy you. He did. You know, he—he he did get caught up in his own power, and probably thought there was no—they no way they could ever stop him. I mean, you don't even uh, people don't even remember how high he was riding. Andrew Cuomo was like Fauci. He was a star of the pandemic. He did daily press conferences where he would just talk for two hours. And sometimes he'd talk about his, his family, his childhood, his father, his daughters. And he won an Emmy for that. The, the media was fawning over him. Uh, the celebrities, all these, you know, the, the Ben Stiller and Rosie Perez and De Niro were fawning over him. They were calling themselves Cuomo sexuals. That's how perverse that, this guy He went on his brother's show. Andrew went on Chris's show nine times and yucked it up and talked about how great Andrew was. They had the prop with the big, with the big Q-tip, which has become famous because, you know, Andrew's nose was so big and they couldn't fit a regular Q-tip and they laughed hysterically as people were dying in nursing homes by the, by the hundreds, by the thousands, they were yucking it up on CNN. I can't imagine what it was like to be a family member of uh, one of the victims, but they have their day. Here's where it gets, here's where it's going to get good. Uh, I, I think I think we're done with Andrew. Unfortunately, probably not going to prison, but he's not going to make a comeback. That was the fear people had that he would come back and
0: run for governor again or, or, yeah, yeah, or run right. for
1: some other office. I don't see that happening. He is so tainted. He's so slimy. But Chris, on the other hand, if you checked out over the weekend, Uh, I know you'll find this hard to believe, but the potato, Brian Steltler, was wrong. He was not, he will not be coming back after the holidays. He got fired on Saturday afternoon, which is a strange thing to fire someone on Saturday afternoon. And immediately the speculation started that they would have to pay him. They would have to give him a big settlement and a big uh, make him sign the non-disclosure, or it would get ugly because he knows, you know, where the bodies are buried probably sure literally he does, but he yeah. knows a lot about the insider stuff at uh CNN i mean he probably knows all about Don Lemon and his uh peccadillos you know Don Lemon is accused he's he's fighting right now in court a guy who said he stuck his hand down his pants and rubbed the guy's face he knows all about Jeffrey Tubin whipping out little tube the little tooby whipping out his is is Johnson on a Zoom meeting knows about that knows about everything um so is he allowed to talk, or did they pay him? Well, we got our answer this morning, Monday, December sixth. Uh, Wall Street Journal has a story saying that uh, Cuomo is accusing Zucker of knowing everything he was up to, knowing he was working with the governor to go at these women who are accusing the governor, knowing he was working with the governor on his camp, uh, his PR strategy through the pandemic. So this is an on the record accusation of <laughs> um, Chris Cuomo to Jeff Zucker the head of CNN the, the the dwarf king as Tucker Carlson calls him. I think that's um telling because that means he didn't make any deal to to say nothing he made he's not going to be silent. This is and we know he's a Cuomo which means he is a sleazy bastard. He he will fight dirty. So get ready. This is going to get good. Chris Cuomo is going to be he was on the record today at uh, uh, with the Wall Street Journal. The, the headline of the post is: "Chris Cuomo claims CNN boss Jeff Zucker knew about his involvement in the governor's scandal." That's no surprise. I, I figured he knew, but you know, he had plausible deniability. He, he, um, uh, that's that's the way it works. But this is just the first step. This is on the record. The yeah. off-the-record stuff hasn't even started yet. I cannot wait. You know that little the GIF or the GIF with gif. the guys eating the popcorn. Yes, eating the popcorn. That's me right now. I'm you're looking, you're forward, looking to forward to the... it. This uh, yes, this yes.
0: this headline saying that protected. That's a strong word because it's not just know about it. It's also it's also shielded from accountability.
1: That is a good point by you, Karadim. Protected. He knew. See, does, does anyone doubt that he knew? Nah. Chris Cuomo. If you know what, just if you know him, and Zucker did it still. You know he's got no moral standards. He's a Cuomo. You know that he's close to his brother. You know he has connections in the business. So you know he's making phone calls trying to help him with damage control at the least. <clears throat> at the most, he's literally trying to destroy the accusers. So, I mean, this is a creep. This is a scumbag. And he there's no way he's going to go away quietly and you know get a job at what, NPR or some other liberal outlet that nobody watches. Uh, he'll be he'll he'll be fine he'll you know he'll get a job because you know that's how it works if you're a good liberal you will always land on your feet somewhere yeah but but he has just begun to fight back at the people at cnn so i look forward to the off the record stuff this is on the record and i'm thinking tomorrow we'll find out that you know jeff zucker uh, also, uh, masturbates on Zoom calls. So <laughs> could be that, but it's a thing. It's but, a thing for CNN people.
0: Don't you think that it's a little like so? If Cuomo wants to get back on air, though, you can't really do that by going after the CEO of of a media f- uh, company because that's going to fall with you the rest of your career. So he, well, no, he's got to know he's burning I mean, that he's bridge. certainly
1: not going back to, to that company. No. but it's a good question. I mean, I don't think he'll do it right away. You know what I mean? He'll do it he'll he'll whatever take the winter off he has a he has a serious xm radio show does he really yeah i've seen uh reports and clips from it on on twitter online and i'm thinking who the hell i never even i never knew that let alone listen to it i don't know what channel it's on but other people out there with their little serious radios listening to chris cuomo's radio show he's kind of boring uh on the on tv i can't imagine how boring this radio show is and i love the idea they say his highly rated show that's all relative he was highly rated compared to don lemon yes but compared to sean hannity he was losing at least three to one he, he was he wasn't even cracking the one million mark hannity gets about three million a night it, it's like everyone else at cnn he was not he was an afterthought you look at the daily cable news rankings like the first 20 are all Fox and then there's a few MSNBCs and Rachel Maddow's in there. And then when you get to like thirties, you start seeing CNN shows and his was the highest rated. He was, you know, the, 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 whatever the world's tallest midget as, they, as the, as <laughs> Frank, the called himself, he, you know, he in a, in a very um, forgettable cast, he stood out among the others, but It's uh, just begun. I'm looking forward to it. I might have to start occasionally watching CNN. He pretended he and Don Lemon were good buddies on the air. They had these long crossovers where they talked about how much they love each other. I'm going to guess that love's not going to survive this, and he's going to be up in dimes on Don Lemon. Because think about it. You get fired for what he did, which is not sexual harassment. You get fired for using your your position to help your brother, the governor, to smear the women who charged him. Right. And the guy who pulled out his wiener didn't get fired. The guy who rubbed his crotch and then rubbed the tent didn't get fired. You look at that and you say, the, the, you know, this isn't fair. This is not, a, this is a double standard. So what do you do if you Cuomo? You call, you got a whole list of numbers of people in the media and you just start dropping dimes. So it will get good. I don't think, I think this means there is no uh, non-disclosure so I'm looking forward to it. I'm having fun, Carano. Good. Yesterday was a fun football day, and tonight is uh, even better. Monday Night Football, Patriots, the best team in the NFL, against the Bills in Buffalo. It used to be a joke, the Patriots-Bills game. Bills games. This is not. This is a good one. I'm looking forward to it. College football was great. Well, not great. It was 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 fun over the weekend. The NFL was a blast yesterday. I'm having a good time. Chris Cuomo goes down, down hard, in flames. The Crumley parents, uh, what's their names? James and Jennifer went on the run for about, what, eight hours? Yeah. (laughs) They took out $4,000 out of the ATM and went on the run. I initially, and I'll plead guilty to this, I I hear this and I say, ah, that's ridiculous, charging the parents for being, and I just figured they weren't, you know.
0: They're just bad parents, yeah, right.
1: It goes so far beyond that. We'll give you the details. I I watched the DA, the DA Karen McDonald's press conference, and I thought it would just be uh, these parents were careless. They didn't lock their gun up or whatever. It's so far beyond that. These are the worst parents in the world. I'm glad they got caught. I'm glad they're in jail right now in the same jailhouse as their murderous son. I will tell you about, uh, I'll tell you why these are the worst parents in the world. And the Washington Post as a bizarre story about Eric Clapton, seventy-six-year-old Eric Clapton. Finally, they decided he's a bad guy. The, you know, the 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 establishment has decided that Eric Clapton is a bad guy because this rock and roller decided to rebel against the against the establishment, against the state, and they don't like that anymore. As I pointed out before, Rage Against the Machine is now Rage in dutiful service to the machine. All these alleged rock and roll as you know springsteen and our are servants of the state now it's yep. kind of scary and one guy i shouldn't say one two guys uh, eric clapton and uh and van morrison stepped out of line and they will not have that we'll tell you about that story and a whole lot more on today's callahan show brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your par- car payment no problem Refinance your card today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their own loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. We got so much to get to. What do you want to to go now? uh, Uh,
0: I'll talk about it. You want to talk about the crumbly stuff? I think that'll be faster than the cloud. The
1: crumbly stuff is fascinating. And I'm going to, and here's, here's why is because like I said, I feel I I would, I would probably talk about this without knowing what the hell I'm talking about. That's been done before, right? You say, oh, they're arresting the parents. That's overreach. Bad parents, you know, they're neglectful or maybe they weren't paying attention. They didn't lock the gun away. They didn't want see what their son was doodling on his desk. Um, don't, don't, don't be that guy. All right. Don't be that guy that just has a kind of a cursory look at this and says, ah, that's uh, I, I dealt with these people on Twitter after I tweeted about it. Cause I could not believe what I was watching when I spent five minutes watching district attorney, Karen McDonald in a, in Oxford, Michigan, talk about the parents. It's incredible. Um, I mean, they, they, didn't, they weren't careless. They weren't reckless. These people were complicit, and I don't really understand why, but uh, James and Jennifer Crumley, they're the parents of Ethan Crumley, the troubled 15-year-old who took a six-hour pistol to school last week, shot, murdered four classmates. Uh, we heard a lot about Tate Meyer, the, uh, the football player, the heroic football player who, who rushed the shooter and lost his life. Um, I tip my cap to the Detroit Lions, who, by the way, won for the first time. That was an amazing finish in that game. And Dan Campbell, their in battle coach, first thing he did when he came gave the game ball to the people of uh, to the victims of Oxford, Michigan, and listed their names. Not just the four dead; he listed all the injured right. too. It was a very classy move. Quarterback Jared Goff, who stinks, except he won the game. So I'm gonna <clears throat> we'll give him a pass. And then he dedicated again the game to the uh, the victims in Oxford, um, I saw Al, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated tweeted. He said, I hope this makes people in Oxford feel better, the Detroit win. And then he deleted and apologized. He didn't have to. This was nice. Wow. That was a nice sentiment. Yeah. These, I mean, obviously, it doesn't bring back the dead. That's laughable. But I'm going to guess many of the grieving families and the grieving the whole town were watching this game and they had a brief moment of, of, of joy in their in their miserable lives right now. They're they're grieving. They're going through hell. I'm not talking about necessarily the victims or one of the four dead kids' parents. I'm talking about the whole town. Yes. They must have enjoyed this Lions win, and the Lions wore patches, I believe. So did the Michigan Wolverines devoted to these kids. And they must have just had a had had a you know moment to smile in this in this hell they're living through. Anyway, the uh Back to the DA. She does this press conference, and she it describes what these parents did. Here's all you need to know. They bought him the freaking gun for Christmas. Yeah. He's 15. He's not even – it was illegal. He went to the gun store with his dad, James Crumley. James Crumley buys the Sig Sauer, and then the kid tweets about, yay, look what I got, you know, I got for Christmas. You look at him and you know he's got issues. Obviously, they knew he had issues. they parents. They knew what kind of depression kind of thoughts, dark s- suicidal thoughts he had. He, he wrote them all down on his desk. By the way, a teacher saw them and didn't do anything about it. <laughs> they well, call the parents into a meeting. Right. In a meeting at the school. The parents go in the meeting. Their son's in the meeting. He's got his backpack with him and the gun in the backpack. Nobody thinks to look, nobody thinks to, to, to search it. Parents, principal, teacher, nobody. They have this meeting in the morning. They send the, the parents leave, they send the kid back to class. His mother sends him a text with like, like an LOL and says, "Don't just uh, I told you not to get caught doing things, you know whatever you know <laughs> then the news of the shooting breaks and she tweets, texts at him and says, texts to him and says, tell me that wasn't you, Ethan. When she knew it was him because he had a gun, he was troubled. He wrote things about shooting people on his
0: desk. Yeah. It was a, uh, he, he, he did a picture of, um, it was, it's the no contained a drawing of a, of a gun, a bullet, and a person who appeared to be shot twice and bleeding with the caption that said, the thoughts won't stop. Help me. That's the what he wrote. The won't,
1: thoughts won't stop. Help me. I mean, this- <laughs>
0: cry for help that's like out of me. a
1: movie like well, obviously this kid that's the definition of a cry for help yes <laughs> what do his parents do with this troubled youngster buy him a new gun and a bunch of bullets and they said it was in their draw but it wasn't secured they he had access to it he took it brought it to school shot up the school these parents are being charged with involuntary manslaughter they're facing real prison sentences and i support that i applaud that these are terrible, awful people. And they went on the run um, the other night. It, they only lasted, whatever it lasts, like 12 hours or something. They found them in a warehouse in Detroit. They took out four grand from the ATM and went on the run. Um, maybe they thought they were going to get to Canada. Well,
0: but no, no, no. Actually, no, but you are their kids in, pre- in prison. They're going to abandon their child uh-huh. in prison?
1: What? Well, apparently that's the first time they would abandon him. According to his ex-wife, James Crumley's ex-wife, he has an 18-year-old son. I think in Florida, uh. and she went on the record immediately and talked to a reporter and said he's a terrible guy. She celebrated the day her son turned 18 because they no longer had any contact with him. He didn't have to pay. Child support was like 50 bucks a week or something. And I said he, all he cares about is Ethan. That They'll do anything for Ethan. They spoiled Ethan Rotten. And that's one thing. If you buy him a, whatever, a game console, whatever, or you buy him a car when he's 16, You buy him a gun when he's 15, a brand new gun. And you think that's (laughs) going to work out well. I hope these people go to court. I hope they get sentenced. I hope they, 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 they spend years in prison down the hall from their troubled son who will spend the rest of his life. I assume in prison, it's sick. If you haven't seen the video yet, there's a bunch of video from the school because every kid whipped on his phone. Yeah. And in one class, they're all kind of hiding. They're sitting on the floor. They're under their desks. And there's a knock at the door. They lock the door of the classroom. And one of the kids stands up and says, who is it? And he says, uh, this is, uh, uh, I'm with the police. This is the police, Oxford police. Open the door. And they look around. They say, it, it, you know, is that really a cop? And then they say something else. Uh, we don't feel comfortable opening the door. And the kid, Ethan, says, uh, open the door, bro. Yeah, bro. Dude. They look at each other. They go, that's not a cop. They open the window, they start jumping out one, one by one, running to cover, and, uh, and, and apparently it was Ethan trying to get in the door yep. to shoot them, yep. and they were smart enough not to open the door and make a run for it. He killed four, as we said. It could have been much, much worse because Daddy and Mommy bought him a lot more bullets. He had plenty of ammo. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. I've ne- I don't remember. I don't think there's a, been a comparable situation where parents were beyond neglectful, they were complicit in in this situation. I'd love to hear from them. Wouldn't you love to hear? What did you think was going to happen when you bought your depressed, suicidal, uh, troubled son a gun? I mean, what what did you think he was going to go out and like shoot beer cans well, that's in the back? thing. Backyard? I
0: mean, I had guns growing up, and uh, I, 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 I didn't. None were officially mine, but like I shot, I was at Boy Scout. We shot at Boy Scout camp, all sorts of so 22s, nine millimeters, rifles, uh, pistols, all sorts of stuff, but.
1: Really? I, I was a Cub Scout. I never touched. You were well, a, a Cub
0: Scout. That's a little young. When I, when I, I, I was, was a wee
1: blow. We never touched. I bet a you gun. were,
0: but that yeah, that's in between Cub Scout and uh, and Boy Scout. So it
1: stands right. for something. Something we blow Something. I don't know what. But uh, uh, no one. Uh, up, I, I was not. A, I was not a good scout. It was not. Didn't didn't I click didn't, with I me. I didn't
0: love it either. But but it was pretty. It's pretty normal for a for a, you know for a maybe not as much anymore. But when I grew up, it was pretty normal for kids to, to learn in how New to. In Hampshire, you, uh, Massachusetts, actually at the time.
1: You shot guns as a Boy Scout? I would have stayed in the Scouts if I knew you could have shot guns.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, Boy Scout, wow. Boy Scout camps, all sorts of stuff. Ranges, Made, you yeah. know, like uh, popsicle stick houses. That's a little young. Cub Scouts, Weeblos yeah. are a little young. Uh, by the time yeah. you're a Boy Scout, you're in third or fourth grade, I think. Fourth grade, maybe. So, yeah. But uh, but no, you you learn to shoot because you want to learn gun safety. You want to make sure that, that kids know what they're doing so that they don't shoot themselves or someone else in case they encounter And, and you know
1: what? But but when you think about it, gun safety has nothing to do with this. This would be an evaluation, a mental oh, evaluation. That's, that's,
0: that is exactly my point. It's not so much. That the kid. I mean, I don't think I would have bought a gun for a kid that they could just have in their room, you know, uh, uh, not locked in a safe. That's that seems crazy to me. But but it's the it's the evaluation of no, this is your kid. You're around them all the time. You have to know. And you're actually the mom is just like applauding the bad behavior, saying just don't get caught. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. These are they have that variance. evidence.
1: The, the this is the an investigation just began, and they had all the evidence I needed to see, and, and which is amazing because think of it if, if your kid is into wants to be a hunter or even a target shooter. Don't you buy him a 22 or a pellet gun? I mean, you don't buy him a Sig Sauer pistol with the, um, I don't know how many rounds that holds, but he I had plenty. That,
0: that one does. Yeah.
1: He had plenty. He hurt uh, a, a lot of people. and it just, the carnage was incredible. But this one troubled 15 year old who was sent back to class after saying, uh, I, I need help or help me. I, I the visions won't stop. And he drew pictures of people bleeding out on his desk, and I think they're not going to prison. But the superintendent, the principal, and the teacher have—they have some explaining to do. At what point do you pull a kid out?
0: And I guess at that point, right? If a kid with that on their desk, if a teacher sees that, I'm sure that the the, that note on the desk that showed the image that you're describing and this is help, you know, I need help. That's what precipitated them bringing the parents in to have a conversation. At that point, if you're so worried because of that, then you search the backpack. You have to. Like you have to do that. I right
1: mean, I, I know they—they they obviously don't have metal detectors, but you didn't think that maybe something. I mean, even if he just had a knife or a friggin' screwdriver, this—excuse <laughs> me—this kid was trouble. You could see it. I mean, you've seen the mugshot. Yeah. That's not like you can learn everything about him. But you look at that mug shot and you go, that kid was sent back to class after saying, "Please help me." What? what at what point do you not send a kid? What? what Exactly, what would alarm you? If that didn't alarm you, uh, Mr. Principal or or teachers, I mean, how do you not look at that kid and say he's troubled, and at least say uh, we need to look in the backpack? I, I it was funny. I was uh, talking to my son about this, and he went to he went to Catholic high school, and he was saying when he's when he has kids, he's like they're definitely going to Catholic because Catholic school or other private schools to just grab the bag and look because. They don't have the same, you know, rules, laws. And I remember when he was looking at this school, this Catholic school, we were sitting with the uh, athletic director who we knew who was a friend of mine. And he was describing what life was like at, in the different, he, he had worked in a public school for like 30 years. And now he was in a private school. And he said, I'm like, what's the difference? He says, well, we had a kid show up uh, not long ago with a Mohawk. In the morning, he had a mohawk. And and so the principal called him in, said, sit right there, son. He called his father and said, "Uh, you have an hour to get here, get him a proper haircut and get him back to class. Eh. And we'll no harm, no foul. If you don't do it, uh, we're we're, uh, uh, expelling him. And I laughed and said, you can do that. This is, in private school. You can. can, you know, yeah. in public school, you know, you'd, he'd run to, you know, he'd run to whatever the new, the CNN or, or uh, you know, the local newspaper or be all over the social media. You can't do this. I have my rights. I have a right to have a Mohawk. I have a right. You can't search my backpack. He said in private, we, we have a whole different set of standards, different set of rules. You can't do the things, you know, you can do in public school. So I don't think, and I could be wrong. I don't think you get away with that. In public school, they're thinking about you know what what are oh, the rules. Oh, there's so much the bureaucracy.
0: Laws? You could get right. You could just get fi- Like yeah, dinged. Fi- not really fired. I don't know what the what the concern is, but but yeah, you have to follow all these like uh, all, all these rules. But the parents. So it was the parents were at that meeting. The teachers were at the meeting. The principals at that meeting. All three of them. The parents knew that if the kid had a gun. I mean, the at least you know to, in the in the teacher and and uh, defense of the the principal, they probably didn't know the kid owned a gun. The parents did I wonder, the parents right. have said. something I wonder,
1: see, so Mom and Dad sitting there with their son, they'd see the backpack Ugh. on his yeah, you know whatever his feet on the floor on his lap. And are they thinking he's got the gun in that? Because as soon as there's a report of a shooting, the mother texts him. It says, "Please tell me that isn't you, Ethan." This was like an hour after joking. That he had to not, you know, lol, just don't get caught. Right. You know, you I mean, these parents are just the worst, just the worst. I can't imagine being being one of the four victims' parents or family members, brothers, sisters, and realizing, knowing that that Ethan Crumley's parents took him to a gun store, bought the gun, I guess pretended it was theirs, or dad did, and then saw on social media that he celebrating his new, his new gun. (laughs) And you're saying, wait, our kid goes to school with him. We can't, you can't do that. But I guess, I guess nobody the 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 alarms did not go off. Well, everywhere from a
0: from a even from a philosophical level too. If we're deciding that 18 years old is is adulthood when they can someone can you know be responsible for their own actions, enter into contract and all that stuff, then it's parents' responsibility to make those decisions for a kid or or to to be liable up until that point. So I, I 100% agree that they're liable in this case.
1: You know what's you know what's amazing, Kronos. I haven't seen any defense of them. Usually, especially in gun stories, yeah. you get two sides you get the debate going it gets red hot right away i haven't seen anybody saying you know these parents they had a right it's a right it's the second amendment none of that this with the right comes responsibility and these were the least responsible parents i've ever seen aside from people who like abuse their children uh this and these these people are a joke They they, uh, as as parents go thinking that they were spoiling their child spoiling him by yeah you did you spoiled him he's in prison for the rest of his life nice move mom and dad and if you read about them people didn't like the, people did not like these parents they've just not they weren't they were afraid of death threats that's their excuse for running they thought they were their lives were in danger uh i don't think so i think they thought they were going to get to canada and uh then what happens by the way if you get to Canada, you're not free, are you? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, you have extradition to fake IDs treaties? Or are we like yeah. allies? I mean, maybe if you got to Cuba. Got to get but...
0: to Mexico, actually, where you I try get, to hide. Getting to Canada doesn't do much for you. It do not
1: Whatever. They didn't make it. They were a mile away in some warehouse, some artist's warehouse in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, but they got caught. They're in prison. They're going to be arraigned. And I have a feeling that people are going to hate them. The more they learn about them, they're going to become like public enemy uh, number one. And well, not uh, Daryl Brooks. Daryl Brooks would be number one, even though the uh, media doesn't want you to know anything more about Daryl Brooks. They don't want you to know his name. They don't want. They want you to forget about all that Waukesha stuff. That was just a car, an SUV that killed a bunch of people. But uh, we'll we'll do our best to keep Daryl Brooks' name alive and uh, keep that story alive. I think Wisconsin people were busy uh, acknowledging, you know, the victims of Waukesha, Michigan people were, I mean, it just was a battle of, uh, grieving towns or grieving communities. It's, it's, uh, it's the state of America football games were played and everybody at the end was saying, this is for the people who got murdered in our, in our community. It just, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I said, I think football made some people feel good in, uh, in oxford michigan yesterday and uh i don't know i don't know why that's a problem but all right we got lots more to get to um uh we got uh football talk and we got uh this bizarre washington post story i knew you'd uh, i know you'd like this because <laughs> yeah. uh you know the, it's it's a guitar guy it's a it's a musician a music story but it tells you a lot about the state of our country or our not just our country of. Uh, the civilized world
0: yeah
1: eric clapton is now a bad guy not because he you know whatever was a drug addict or anything or he threw his kid out the window he didn't push that kid out (laughs) the window. he He, did not that's terrible (laughs) i was talking to Minahan. believe it or not that was his line he said pretty soon pretty soon they're going to accuse him of pushing the kid out the window (laughs) (laughs) uh so i stole that from kirk but um it's close to that it's close to that they're digging up things he said 50 years ago to smear him and uh, uh we will tell you why but first let me t- uh do you want me to do uh Let's do omaha do omaha steaks damn i love omaha steaks me I got too the, uh, I got, even though you know you took all the steaks i did i'm not gonna all the steaks can you blame me for that i don't care I, at first i said damn i are all the steaks where all the bacon wrapped fillets and then i, I realized you stole them <laughs> i did but i'm telling you i it, it introduced me to these hot dogs and these burgers and I'm I'm okay with it. You can we can do the same thing next time we get Omaha. You can have the steaks. I'll take the burgers and the hot dogs because they're so damn good. You can have the scalloped mashed potatoes. Sounds good. I will have the uh, the caramel apple tartlets. How's that? Perfect. Those are all in the perfect gift package. The perfect gift package is the per- is aptly named. I will say that it's the perfect gift. Christmas is right around the corner. You're already worried about what to get that special someone, dad, your brother, your mom, whatever. This is this is a great idea, and I'm not kidding. I got this for my birthday in the summer. I hope I get another one for Christmas because I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send family and friends an unforgettable gift that's guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, into the search bar to order the perfect gift package for just $99.99. You get 25 entries, entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap, filet mignons, how are those anyway, Karana? Oh, they're, amazing. They're, they're great, yeah. Maybe next time I'll keep the bacon. You can have the filet. Um, no, no, However you want to do Chicken it. Chicken breasts, side desserts, and so much more. When you use code word Jerry, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak burgers for free with your order. And these are awesome burgers. We've all heard about reports of shortages and shipping delays. So don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at OmahaSteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code word Jerry. Achieve gifting greatness. With Omaha Steaks, incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword Jerry. Uh, Also, uh, the long game, am I doing the long game now? Yep, that's right. This is interesting. Let me tell you, this is a a new sponsor. We're excited to have them from the uh, recount. Uh, If you know us, you know that sticking to just sports in 2021 is impossible. (laughs) We tried. That was a a while ago, but he just can't do it. There's just too much going on. Sports doesn't just affect our culture, but it drives our culture, which is why LZ Granderson and Will Leach bring you a brand new, not just any old sports podcast, The Long Game with LZ and Leach. The Long Game with LZ and Leach dives into the most important topics that are at the intersection of sports, business, politics, and culture. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does sound familiar. LZ and Leach. Go beyond what's happening on the field to how sports impacts everything off the field. New episodes are out every Wednesday, so head to The Recount, therecount.com, or go to your preferred podcast platform to listen to the most recent episode that is The Long Game with LZ and Leach. All right, we'll get to... um... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll we'll finish with football because I'm excited. I'm, I'm in. I love when football season gets intense. I yeah. heard Tony Romo saying that it feels like playoff time. It feels like a pennant race, and it does not just because the Patriots are the number one seed, but there's just a great Monday night game coming up. But first, this story uh, on um, Eric Clapton in the Washington Post. Let me get it up on my screen because I found it amazing. And uh, I've been hearing uh,
0: about this Clapton thing for months now um, yeah. uh, about him and, and the COVID stuff and, and, yeah. uh, and the vaccination stuff. So I, I'm a little surprised that I guess, I, I guess it came to a head now or maybe they, maybe because Robert Cray wanted to go on the record. I, I don't know what precipitated this, but this isn't a new thing.
1: Right. It's well, he made the record with, uh, with Van Morrison. Yes. And um, as we've talked about many times, it is, it's undeniable. the, the it, It's there's a lot of like little memes and comics uh, uh, about um, people who think they're you know anti-establishment, who think they're rebels. but most of the rebels now are on the same side as the the the, the federal government, the House, the Senate, the president, uh, academia, uh, big tech, big media, Hollywood, sports. they're all on the same side. They're on the side of the the state, the the establishment. So what does it take? It's a larger, you know, philosophical question. What does it take to be a rebel these days? And I will tell you what it takes to be a rebel because I I watch this pretty closely. All these rock and rollers, as we mentioned, you know, Springsteen and, you know, Bon Jovi, and they're all, uh, you know, my guy, Jason Isbell. I mean, some of my, I, I point out all the time, you can't pick your musical favorites on politics no
0: you'll never like i'd be stuck i'd be stuck listening
1: to the gatlin brothers and the kid rock you (laughs) know nothing against them but i would like you know a little wider variety of music anyway and i i love springsteen i hate his politics um there's a there's a guy aaron lewis who used to be uh, he is the singer for stained heavy metal guy but he's kind of gone country he has a great song called am i the only one uh, who's sick of the lockdowns and the masks and everything? And it's kind of a, 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 it's a country slow country song, but it is an anthem for the real rebels—the people who are questioning the lockdowns, the the uh, the shutdowns, school closings, the masks, the the way the da- the damage the government has done with their overreach. Now, uh, anyway, you don't have a lot of people who used to you know be rebels who are now. Uh, uh, uh being being uh, uh honored for that or respected admired for that no eric clapton is an icon by any definition a rock and roll god generally considered the best guitarist or you know second best behind Jimi hendrix where would you place him
0: not even anywhere anywhere near the top i mean he's a, he is a uh he is a mediocre guitar player when you compare him to some of his peers i would say that he's influential though uh he was doing stuff earlier that other people aren't but weren't but he's not he's not a great guitar player but that's fine He's I uh, mean, in the Ramon, rock and roll hall of fame for is
1: four di- three
0: isn't it yardbirds cream and uh yardbirds and, cream and, and then and himself Derek
1: and the dominoes yeah. or, or or uh solo um, right. just a, a legend an icon yeah and but he's sitting back watching the damage that the the government, you know, the whatever, blue state govern, uh, governors, mayors, the president in this country, the prime minister in his home country, the, the damage they're doing, and he said, and he questions that. You know, that's what you used to be allowed to do, question authority. He was asked, I believe, by Van Morrison to team up on an on a anti-lockdown song, and he did. Yep. This upset all the establishment, you know, the uh, 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 sheep including many in the rock and roll world that, that don't want to question lockdowns that demand you get vaccinated, that that, that won't play concerts unless everybody proves their vaccination status. Yep. Even if they've already had COVID, even if they have a religious exemption or a medical exemption, they don't care. They are 100% in lockstep with the the state. Well, I wondered about this because, you know, this is how it works. You, you go against the, the establishment, they come to get you one way or the other. They do. They're going to get you. Well, there, someone put the hit out on Eric Clapton and, uh, w- the Washington post, a guy named Jeff Edgers does this massive story about him. And he's my favorite part, right in the uh, second sentence, uh, Carano, Robert Cray is a guy that, uh, that has worked with Clapton, knew, known him for how long? 50 years. Yeah. And, uh, he said uh, Clapton was a one-time musical hero, became his mentor and his friend, and he released his first protest song in 56 years of recording. Only it wasn't about George Floyd or global warming. Clapton's mid-tempo, sh- mid-tempo shuffle, a collaboration with Van Morrison, went full anti-lockdown, taking aim at the government for trying to control a global pandemic by shutting shuttering restaurants, gyms, and concert halls this is the problem they have and by the way craig says that one of the uh, lines of the song is do you want to be a free man or a slave right so that upset them That's, like, what it,
0: that's, took that's it, 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 it literally that was it that was a that it was that sentence that set cray off
1: so you can't you know
0: you can't you want reference to be a puppet, or,
1: puppet or a slave i mean lots of songs is safe yeah you know uh, metaphorically use the term slave it right. doesn't mean it's not comparing restaurants whose a business restaurant owners or gym owners whose, whose life was destroyed by this uh, authoritarian measures from the government it's not comparing them to slaves it's just using the term slave anyway so they aren't upset that more uh, that uh eric clapton's making a protest song with uh, van morrison they're just upset that it's not about global warming yes
0: that's what it is
1: <laughs> first paragraph second sentence their their lament here is that it's not about George Floyd. By the way, what would a protest song about George Floyd be? He was murdered by a bad cop. The bad cop got tried and sentenced. He will die in prison. He'll go to prison for life. George Floyd's been deified. A, a, a you know a nobody, a criminal. What would you protest? There was no racial element. They never proved any racial animus at all from Derek Chauvin. It was just a violent crime and the perpetrator was punished and that's good. The law worked. So what are you protesting anyway? Anyway, or are you protesting global warming? So Robert Cray, his lifelong friend wouldn't turn on him. He has decided he's not his friend anymore. If he just sang about global warming, I mean, how ridiculous is that? This is actually affecting people's lives. This is actually hurting children who didn't go to school for a year. This is leading to a spike in drug overdoses. We lost over 100,000 people in this country to drug overdoses last year. There's unemployment, bankruptcies. We've cost the economy trillions. And two old-time rock and rollers have these, I don't know, independent thought that maybe the government's gone too far. Let's make a protest song. And it upset the, the guys, Eric Clapton, has lost lost lifelong friends because he's against these insane lockdowns. Which I think if we can, all, we're all going to agree at some point that they don't work. I mean, we've seen the countries without lockdowns are doing better than the countries with lockdowns. The countries with the highest vaccination rate have more COVID. I mean, it just, it's just it, it, if nothing else, it's debatable, yeah. right? Yes it's debatable, right? Well, they don't want to debate it. They just want you to shut up, do what you're told, put on your mask. Stay home, you know, and and Clapton's like, no, that's not how this works, you know. I'm going to express myself, and they don't like it. There are people who literally say they don't respect him anymore because he's against lockdowns. I don't know how many words this story is. It's about five thousand words. That's endless long. story. They don't even mention Van Morrison's role. Like they know he's.
0: They really he, just barely touch America. on that. Just barely say it. Yeah, I. I don't... They know he's
1: crazy, and he'd tell them to go screw. But they think. And 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 if if you don't want to take the time to read it, the the thing that really really set them off about Eric Clapton, get ready for this, get ready. I'm ready. He posed for a picture, a photograph, with uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of uh, Texas.
0: It's so dumb too because it's not like he's just he was playing a they were playing a concert there. It was and <laughs>
1: and same the governor likes him. I mean, a governor's of that age. He's a big fan of yes. Eric Clapton and. He says, oh, good, I'm the governor. I'll go backstage. I'll get a picture. He takes right. a picture. They run the picture. Uh, obviously, Greg Abbott's in a wheelchair, so he leans down to take a picture. And this upset them. Like, he took a picture with a governor who's not a crazy liberal. He's, you know, he's against illegal immigration. He's, uh, his, his state is not locked down. He's very friendly to business. And it's, it's a great state to, I mean, hell, <laughs> everyone's moving there. Tesla's. Moving their headquarters there. Joe Rogan moved there. So, this governor—he's the enemy of these people, like this guy Edgers, who wrote the story, and Cray, and everyone else who's turned on, on, uh, on clap bizarre.
0: The the worst part is this frame job. Um, that uh, who's this author? Uh, Edgers, I think his Edgers. name. Jeff Edgers? Edgers. Whoever this they 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 don't have, there's not a lot of juice there. So what they have to do is try to paint the picture that people who are against lockdowns are racists. So they bring up this bang from 45 years ago. Now right. at the time, he, okay, so Clapton said some bad stuff. He did. He absolutely did. In 1976, he was on stage in Birmingham and he said, uh, he basically was saying, I only want white people in England. And that sucks and that's terrible. But he was also... Like off his rocker on heroin he and on, alcohol. He was, he was on heroin. He was drunk. He was. Uh, he regretted and, and, it afterwards. And I'm not. I'm not saying that what he said wasn't bad. It was bad. But he regretted it afterwards. And it was 45 goddamn years ago. Why are you bringing that up in in uh, to in this article? It, it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: By the way, he's uh, he's vaccinated. No, he's he's vaccinated
0: he had he's vaccinated and he had a bad um reaction to the vaccine he lost use right. of his hands for 2 weeks and so you can't blame him if a light goes on and says you know what covid is a risk in in a riskier scenario in a risk in a riskier world or in a risky world you need more choices you need to be able to choose how you want to encounter that risk for some people a certain age group um with certain um certain maladies it makes sense to get the vaccine but for others it doesn't and for him right. he's like i made the choice because i thought it was the best move for me but then i i I'm, i was afraid i wasn't going to be able to use my hands anymore that is an it, adverse it, effect
1: it's it's frightening that eric Clapton. you're right they dig up something from 45 years ago to say oh maybe he's not such a good guy we like <laughs> maybe he's not such a great uh a model or example or role model for us uh cuz all the you know rock and roll guitarists they all uh, idolize him but you know not anymore, because he is against lockdowns, and he points out, or they point out, supporters that he just loves to play live. That's his life. He yes. wants to play shows, and when they shut down concerts, he it affected him. It pissed him off, and he was like, you know, what? What are we doing here? We're not living our lives. So they make these songs. He's made a couple of them, I believe, with Van Morrison, and that it just upset these tools of the state. These 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 pathetic sheep like like springsteen or tom morello or the rest of them they just can't stand the fact that one of their own rock and roll icon would dare think for himself it's bizarre piece but it tells you it's a look into the mentality of the the hard left because this is how they think of everybody everybody who's not completely on board anybody who even dares to speak out against uh, lockdowns or masks or whatever mandates is an apostate you Can, know you're how dare you did it's, you it's uh incredible.
0: did you see this quote that uh, that edgers pulled too from this uh, associate professor of medicine joshua baracus who said we're looking at millions and millions of oh he's not wait um we're looking at millions and millions of people worldwide that that he could he could reach he could be a global ambassador instead he's choosing the chosen the pro-covid anti-public <laughs> health route pro-covid you think yes. Clapton loves covid idiot
1: Pro-COVID, pro the pro-COVID guy is Fauci, the guy that doesn't want COVID to ever go away, that loves COVID, that loves the panic, that'd be Fauci and all the people around him. Pro-COVID, so the guy won't come out and say, stay home, lock down. Um, that makes uh, him pro-COVID? You know, vacc- vaccinate your pets, you know. wear the mask in the shower, because uh. he will not panic. sell, Pedal the panic porn. That means he's pro-COVID. These people are disgusting and despicable. I was never the biggest Clapton fan, but I am now. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the. Uh, oh, uh, Layla! I'm gonna crank
0: Layla. There you go. Some Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. We from, just um,
1: this if I if I were you know advising you guys on the uh, on uh, Quantum uh, Week. Yes. Rank the perfectness, for lack of a better word, of songs in movies. What songs fit the best ever in a movie? I would put Layla in in uh goodfellas second all time to what to the end by the doors and apocalypse now that yeah, was that's not perfect big. that was a perfect sound it was the perfect song it was the perfect everything Layla and derek and the uh in uh in goodfellas is great don't get me wrong it is great but uh you should you could do that you could do like a top 10 list of the songs that fit the most perfectly i'll get a little weird on you how about this uh
0: why well, you didn't last me dream I'm okay. sorry. Oh, you didn't ask me what mine uh, mine was. What about Stuck in the Middle? I was giving you time to think. This I, is I don't need time to think. What about Stuck in the Middle with you, uh, Steeler's Wheel, in the middle of Reservoir Dogs?
1: Reservoir Dogs, when he's uh, cutting the cop's ear off. Yes. It was a great, a great song, uh, Jerry Rafferty. I think uh, Dream On in Miracle, in Miracle, which is another great, great movie. Eh. I love it. You, you know how you judge it? Gives you a little tingle up the back. That, that that's just how, that's how you know. Yeah. Yes, that's how you know. They get the tingle. But I would agree, stuck in the middle. Although the scene is so freaking disturbing, it's a tough one. It gives you nightmares, but it uh, is a good one—a good, very good one. But uh, all right, um, uh, we got to move on here from uh, Clapton. You want me to do Shea, and then we'll do uh, uh, we'll do football. We'll Get you ready for football. Yes, yeah, do that. I've been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work—the man. In charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating, engineers, all kinds. Do you need (laughs) any podcasters? know, we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh... What's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? A bunch of ways. They can, If they want to be a team member, they can go to SheaConcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. we got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at SheaConcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And we'll give them great a hat. Hats. Yep. All right. Sounds good. ShakeConcrete.com. I saw a really cool uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm gonna go have an empanada. The um the New England Patriots, as I've said for weeks now, are the best team in the NFL. They go on the road to Buffalo, which used to be a joke of a game. They they won for like 20 straight times or whatever. It is a real game tonight. The Patriots at the Bills. It's uh, Mac Jones against Josh Allen. It's Patriots win. They're the first seed in the AFC, which they are now. But if they win, they maintain the first seed. If they lose, they drop to the fifth seed. So it's a big game and uh, whatever it is, December 6th. I am looking forward to it. The, um, the, the AFC is wild. It's wide open. It's amazing to think that the Patriots are the best team. They lock the best player. In NFL history. He went away. I don't know if you were that two years ago. They stumbled through last year with Cam Newton, who stinks. They draft a rookie, the fifth quarterback taken in the first round. And I'm telling you, I'm watching games yesterday and we judge him on, you know, against other rookies, against Zach Wilson or against uh, Trevor Lawrence, not even close. He's the best rookie by far. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. I'm watching one quarterback after another, just go out there and suck. And I'm saying, Patriots have a rookie. He's twenty-three years old, and he's better than that guy. Better than that guy, and he's right now. And I, I say this a little bit, with a little bit of sarcasm. But right now, he's better than Patrick Mahomes, who looks bad. He's inaccurate. You know, he threw. He just looks off. Some reason he is off. They won last night in the Sunday night game. The Chiefs did, but Mahomes does not look like himself. He's certainly not an MVP candidate. We'll see if he can do it. Mac Jones could do it on the road in Buffalo. It's supposed to be like 20 degrees. It's going to be a very hostile environment. I'm looking forward to it. To be fun. Yesterday was awesome. I want to tip my cap to John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, the coach. I never liked him. The coach of the Baltimore Ravens. They tied. I'm, I'm sorry. They scored to pull to within one last night on the road in Pittsburgh, 12 seconds left. They're down one. And Harbaugh immediately puts up two fingers and said, <laughs> we're going for two. I was, in, I was on my couch, jumping out of my seat, going, you go. I was hoping they'd get it just because I want more people to do that. Yeah. I don't, and, and they called a good play, and Lamar Jackson just threw it to his tight end, Andrews, just off his fingertips. They lose, but God, what a ballsy move. I don't know how it's playing in Baltimore, but in my house, that that was met with a great approval i loved it i wish more coaches would do that but uh you know that's fine it's,
0: it's fun but that was not that's not that was not a good coaching decision you take the point well, there. what if he, the
1: he caught it he almost caught it it doesn't would matter would you say was that it? if he caught it uh
0: i would have said that that's not the right call as a coach you need to be better than that you mm-hmm. only have 17 games but uh but it, but for entertainment value that's certainly fun
1: it was awesome and uh, it was i was in a red zone haze for about three hours there was all kinds of excitement, and it is 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 like um, um, Romo said: it's playoff time, it's pennant race time, and the Patriots are right in the middle of it. Remarkably, they not only lose Brady, I don't know if you noticed that big tight end Brady has. They they traded him away from like next to nothing too. So they lost the greatest quarterback ever, the, one of the greatest, perhaps. The, I'll say it: the greatest tight end ever. They're thriving in um, in Tampa. They're nine and three, I believe. Yeah. I said this yesterday, and it's sort of tongue-in-cheek, but as I'm watching games, I'm convinced now that Mac Jones is better than everyone, except Brady. (laughs) Brady is still great. 44-year-old Brady looks great, although he threw the worst pick of his life. A bizarre, bizarre play. With 30 seconds left in the half, they're pinned down like on their own five. Instead of taking a knee or running the ball, Brady tries to dump it in the flat, gets picked for a pick six. The single worst decision... And pass, I've ever seen Brady throw, but it was the only pick, and I think he threw four touchdowns. He's still leading the league in touchdowns. Yes, and you know what? He's the favorite to win the MVP. You know who the favorite to win the coach of the year is? (laughs) Bill Belichick. Probably. It's amazing. The Vegas odds, and they could change tonight, but the Vegas odds last week were Brady was the favorite to win the MVP, Belichick the favorite to win the the coach of the year, and I'm going to guess Mac Jones the favorite to win rookie of the year. Should be. I'm telling you, Belichick for a guy who is intentionally deliberately boring, never says anything. I don't even know why they even put him on the radio. He certainly finds a way to make it dramatic. I thought this year would be, you know, mediocre. Most people did. It turns out to be a lot of a lot of fun so far. You're right. Seventeen games. I got that stupid seventeenth game, I like which it. is just idiotic. 16 was just a nice, even number. You know, Nice worked out well. The season ended, like, on January 1. Now it goes beyond that because they had to have one more game. And by the way, it's such a brutal game. You watch it, and it's just, one of the San Francisco guys got, you know, the ambulance came on the field because his neck got snapped back. I don't even know his condition, but all kinds of serious injuries over the weekend. They They decided to do that one more extra time, just for a few dollars more. It's crazy, but I can't say I don't enjoy it. You know, I sit back, watch this like I'm, you know, watching gladiator. I'm looking watching forward to
0: these. tonight, definitely. I, de- I can't wait. This is this was a more uh, the most hyped game I think in the last uh, four or five weeks. No, it's amazing at Buffalo. I know. But
1: it'll be it'll be wild. The Patriots will win. They just they're on a roll. They're the hottest team. They're the best team. They're the best coach team. They have one of the best quarterbacks. But uh, I'm looking forward to. I used to dread these because I had to get up at four in the morning. And Monday night football ends at like midnight and then you got to watch the post game and then it just wrecked you for the whole week, but don't have to get up that early anymore. So I'm looking forward to it too. It will be fun. I'm picking, picking the Patriots to win again. That'll be seven in a row. I believe just an amazing season so far, but uh, we shall leave it there. Carano. Uh, Thank you to everyone for watching, for listening, for commenting. Uh, We, 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 we will stay on top of these stories. We'll follow the Chris Cuomo drama because he's going to start dropping dimes left and right. I can't wait to see that. And we will uh, let you give you the latest on the Crumleys, the worst parents in the world. But uh, we will leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow.